Well, I have a very special guest today, and I'm very excited to introduce y'all to my friend, Mel. What's up? <laughs> I would love for you to introduce yourself and just kind of give like, yeah, like a little background. All right. Should I say about how we met too and stuff? If you, yeah, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, my name's Melissa Yang. Hey, Melissa. <laughs> and... I met Lex through my friend Jadeen, but I actually knew Lex way before that (laughs) (laughs) because Lex is famous, obviously. No. So, yeah, it's funny. Actually, Jadeen and I, Jadeen told you, right, how we used to watch your YouTube videos? Yeah. Yeah. In middle school? Yeah. Yeah. YouTube famous. No. (laughs) (laughs) And then, was it last year? It was like last time this last year last time this, this year this year yeah <laughs> last year this time last year this time yeah <laughs> well, I came over to stay at your place when you guys were living together yeah and then wow. I was going through something <laughs> <laughs> and yeah we bonded over that yeah we really did Mel came to visit from New York I was visiting back home it's true shout out Javine. <laughs> yeah, Jadine gets a big shout out. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk to Melissa about like creating a framework, how she keeps herself accountable with her art and creativity. All right, I'm ready. Cool. I'm an open book. Yeah, Only open. for Lex, though. <laughs> for nobody else. Nobody else. <laughs> we love it. You didn't say goodbye. your journey of from like college and like your decision to move to New York and how that was for you. I'll give you a quick rundown and we can get into it but I was going to school in LA and like I just came in undecided I really didn't know what I wanted to do but I did I ever tell you this? No. Or no? Oh okay. Yeah so <laughs> this is news to me. Um, Yeah I came in undecided and I had no idea what I wanted to major in and when I was in high school and stuff I always like for projects I would be like I want to be a director Mm. and I had no idea what that meant but I knew I really loved films and being creative so when I when I got to USC I was like I want to be in the film school but it's USC has like one of the top film schools so it's not just like you can't just get in yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly so I just started taking a whole bunch of classes Mm mm-hmm so actually I spent I did community college one year in San Jose San Jose City and then I transferred to USC and so I already had done a bunch of general ed classes so I had a lot of freedom in my schedule I just took a bunch of classes like sports classes arts classes um just all over the place and actually it was probably the best method to go about it because I think a lot of times people will be like oh what do I want my major to be or like what minor like thinking about minors and stuff and big shout out to my sister because she helped me think of it in this way because it's kind of a similar approach to what she took or it's basically taking her learnings because she was an engineering major yeah but yeah i just took i did like a photoshop class i took a sports business class and it's actually nice talking about this because i've been trying to come back to that mindset that i had in college yeah because i wasn't really thinking about what i wanted to be 
like a job wise i was more so thinking about what i was interested in doing like one of my first semesters i was doing like i was working on a sports tv show and then i started interning with the athletic department Mm -hmm. i just like did all this crazy shit and was trying to figure out what stuck but it was really when i started doing more things in sports because i always love sports like i when i figured out that you could have a job in sports but i think my mind kind of was blown yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it was off that like sports business class it was like a mix of different things that i was doing and i was like oh shit you can actually get a job in sports being creative so once i got that internship at usc i athletics i like just ran with it like it was so fun to do i was there like all the time Mm -hmm. i didn't really care like usc is such a big partying school but i'm not really into partying like that so like (laughs) i just spent all my time around the athletic department like going Mm -hmm. to football games and working them and basketball games so i basically i got an internship with the clippers through that like using that experience and then i mean you know how much a big nba fan i was so i was like dude that was a big thing dude like i remember seeing your stories and be like dude you're on the fucking court (laughs) and you're high-fiving who what's his name Boban Boban there you go love Boban yeah I I remember the first time I was on the court and my two feet were on the court I remember just like looking up at the stadium lights and being like dude this is crazy yeah (laughs) I can't like imagine that like feeling of being on the court seeing the whole ass stadium because that was a staples center yeah dude it was a spring staples center yeah so like the clippers office or like are about maybe two streets over Mm -hmm. so i would go there and then we would walk over as a team and we would work every home game so yeah for half a season i was like going to every single game and it was it was long hours but i didn't know what the problem with that was i was just excited to be there and i learned a lot from that experience so towards the end of it i kind of was questioning if i wanted to still do social media Mm -hmm. in sports but yeah, so I think I actually quit because I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I had very few units left in my last semester. I remember seeing this job at the NBA uh, on their social media team, and it was like a project role. So it wasn't a full-time, full-time role where you get benefits and stuff. It was just like a project employee thing. Mm-hmm. And I had applied in the portal, not completely yet. You know how you can load in your information? yeah. yeah. And then they were asking for a cover letter. And I was like, bro, that's asking for a lot right now. It's always a cover letter where you stop. Because that's me as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I really shit. Yeah. That <laughs> I'm like, cover letter? That's much. And yeah. I was hanging out with my friend Sabine that day. So, like, I was just like, oh, I'll come back to this. And, they, and the recruiter had reached out to me. Because I guess they can see people's mm-hmm. applications, even if it's in progress. So, I went through that whole thing. And it was a long application process it was like three months or two ish Mm -hmm. months but i yeah i had like three or four different interviews and i i thought i didn't get it at one point because Mm -hmm. it was so long in between and i wasn't i honestly wasn't pressed about it because i was actually supposed to come back to the clippers and intern under like different management and i was excited about it excited about not having a lot of classes and like exploring more and I found out I got the job, and oh, the shit. job's based in New York or in New Jersey. Oh shit! Yeah, so I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like before I got the decision, I was like, "I don't even know if I want it." Blah blah blah. Like just like talking to myself mm-hmm. in my head, and then when I got it, I realized that I had to take it. 
Like, I didn't even think about what it meant to take it. I was like, I need to do this. Yeah. I was like, it was winter break when I found out I got the job. I was like emailing all these professors and then no one was responding because no one responds on winter <laughs> break. <laughs> so then I took a freaking Greyhound bus to LA. Like, because basically the NBA was doing a background check on me mm. and they were being crazy yeah like strict about it and so i didn't even know if i was gonna be able to pass and i was like school starting like i literally yeah. told the recruiter i was like honestly my school is starting so if this isn't gonna work out like let me know because i'm gonna go to school <laughs> yeah i got more important things <laughs> well i was just like i need some certainty like right, i'm right. kind of good in the gray but like i need some certainty at yeah. some point so yeah they like made shit happen really quick at that point so i was i was trying to figure out my school and i went down to la and then i like found one of the professors that i had emailed and they my school had like this directed research that you can get approved for but you need Mm -hmm. a professor to oversee it Uh so i told him like this is what i like this is why i'm reaching out to you and he said he said okay as long as you do your project on whatever you're working on at the nba and i was like okay <laughs> shit that's so Isn't cool that crazy? yeah so then yeah from there i was like oh shit i'm actually moving and i like, came back to the bay like packed all my stuff packed two suitcases and my cousin i only had one person that i knew in new york at the time my cousin mm-hmm. she lived in she lived in bedside mm-hmm. in brooklyn so i flew out in like january it was so cold mm-hmm. and I just stayed with her for a week or two, but the commute from Brooklyn to Jersey is insane. Oh, yeah. So, and I was working nights, too, when I first started at the NBA, so it was, like, yeah, it was pretty rough. It was just tough because I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't know anybody, so it was a lot of new things at once, like, leaving my school and my friends and starting a new job, new city, new weather. Packed up your bag and said, "I'm starting a whole ass new life." Yeah, but the crazy part is that what I was saying, like, I had because I never thought about it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't spend time thinking about what it meant. I just was like, "Oh, I, I've always wanted to work at the NBA." Mm-hmm. I didn't actually want to because I didn't know that it was possible. So I was, yeah, it's the like the excitement that like yeah, I was like, I have to do this. Yeah. And then once I was doing it, it was very difficult in the beginning, but. That's a long-winded answer to answer your question about oh, how great. I got Thanks to New York. Sharing. But yes, that's I I did that, and then like after we realized the commute was too crazy, I found my own spot in in Secaucus, where the offices are. Mm. And is that the spot where you're at right now? No, that's in Jersey. Yeah. I love that you shared about like your college experience too, of like going into. Like going into it undeclared when people go into college you're like i have to know what to do and th- there's like this pressure of following that path and like for you it seems like you're just like i just want to explore like what my interests are and like what would make me happy in as a career or something like that you know yeah i think it wasn't all like that like at some point i was trying like i said i was trying to get into the film school and mm-hmm. then but it really was a matter of like it not fitting and me knowing like i got rejected but i <laughs> i didn't really see it as rejection yeah, it was more good. so like course correction yeah so i like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like course correction so i just it helped honestly because i was able to take all these different classes like i took typography i took 
some stuff in the film school and like they have all these different panels and stuff that you mm-hmm. can go to and you don't have to be affiliated with any school mm-hmm. um yeah so it was like exploration which is why i was saying like i'm excited I, I like talking about it because it reminds me of how to approach myself right now yeah I, yeah very full circle <laughs> i feel like it, it helped you open a lot of doors into like what you're saying like you didn't know that you can get a job in the nba right yeah. and so like it opened that door to you and you moved across the country to do that and you wouldn't have maybe you would have but you maybe wouldn't have if you didn't get rejected or have that course correction you know yeah and like look at your life now like it's it's so crazy (laughs) dude (laughs) yeah yeah so something that i think about is like experiences that you have and then you take it with you to the next step right um i think you are one of the few people that like i've met in my life who are like like just your life (laughs) in general actually (laughs) like mel is so cool guys (laughs) so cool um are you open to talking about like your transition from the nba to yeah i told you i'm open book for you okay cool (laughs) i don't know if you're like in an nda or some shit no i never signed anything so that's their mistake i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) this is actually exclusive okay i've never talked about this before are you yeah no open book yes yeah so i just i just think it's really cool how like you have these options and like just going back to what we we're saying you wouldn't be in the place that you are now so i wanted to kind of just hear about your transition from the nba and your decision to go to gq yeah it happened during the pandemic actually so i had been kind of thinking about what my future would look like outside of sports mm-hmm. for a while um because yeah i guess like even when i was working with the clipper at the clippers i think i had an inkling i was so green i didn't know how to like how to form my thoughts about it yet but i had a deep feeling inside that like this wasn't actually what i wanted to be doing mm-hmm. but the opportunity when the opportunity at the nba presented itself i was like oh it it's different it's like slightly different it's like a shape that's irregular exactly no 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 <laughs> it's like it's like a parallel type of oh, you know yeah, like yeah, a synonym yeah. but shape what is that uh, <laughs> what is that called mm, you know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about but yeah. i'm very bad with congruous or some shit like that, like that. <laughs> sure yeah it was like oh this is kind of different because it's like for the league and it's it's full-time like i'm not an intern like i wonder what that would be like right it's not really an opportunity you can turn down so then when i got there i it was like a social media boot camp is how i usually describe it but i was doing all these different things from like covering the games at night on facebook and stuff like that to like cu- going to travel to go to games mm-hmm. in person yeah i fe- felt like at, at a certain point towards the end of it like i just don't know where this is going like i don't know like going and pointing your cell phone at someone is like can only be so fun honestly it was kind of lonely too like Mm. traveling because i would be sent out to games by myself so you know if you went to a location frequently enough you would know people start to know people and 
but it was hard to build a community in new york doing that because yeah. i was never there consistently lot, enough yeah. yeah and i think it was like all a combination of things but i always had this deeper interest in storytelling mm-hmm. yeah i was just curious about it like what what it would look like on the outside mm-hmm. and then now speaking about it from the outside it's hard for me to put myself back in those shoes of not knowing mm-hmm. but i really didn't know what else existed outside of social media and sports specifically and so yeah someone had reached out to me from gq about a social media position and i was kind of hesitant because it was like still social media yeah but gq honestly represented so much of what i was interested in Mm -hmm. from like a culture standpoint Mm -hmm. like they covered movies and you know like actors and musicians and sports still too it's a very wide range yeah like a variety yeah so i was very open to having the conversation and I think I'm very good at convincing myself that I like I'm that things are could be a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a very like optimistic person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, someone from like an insurance company could approach me about a job and I'd be like, yeah, there's so many br- there's so many bright spots about this opportunity. Yeah. But <laughs> I yeah, so I was just easily like, this is really cool. It is a full time full time position with mm-hmm. benefits, and there's yeah, I like could perks. really like it. Yeah. yeah at the time i still was like i don't know about the social media thing like mm-hmm. social media we could do a whole nother podcast about working in social media but <laughs> it's just very it's a lot you're like online a lot yeah and yeah so i had gone through this whole interview process and then the pandemic happened and i was like well <laughs> i'm not getting that job because they yeah they went on a hiring freeze and mm-hmm. I, i'd never even followed up because i was like there's just it's not happening so i go through the majority of the pandemic with the nba which ended up being the greatest thing because the game stopped yeah and we were all like what are we supposed to do with the content and everybody turned to social media in that time like all these companies so they started like live streaming all these games you know steph curry's like iconic game or whatever and then like they would have our team live tweet it and Mm -hmm. just provide people with some joy and so because there was not a lot of content there was like more room to pitch stuff that was outside of what we usually do mm-hmm. and i had me- i remember i was inspired by someone else like another account doing like a deep dive on photography or something like that so and a lot of our content at the time was video based and i know that we have like such a rich like the nba had such a rich photography like library archive yeah so i pitched the idea of um you know, interviewing some of these longtime NBA photographers about the most iconic shots from that game that mm-hmm. we were live streaming. So I think the first one I did was a Michael Jordan game. Damn, and then, cool. yeah, and, or it was like Clay Thompson or something like that. And then we, I did, so I did the interview. I had so much fun conducting the interview mm-hmm. and we rolled it out on social and it, did pretty well and then they announced that the last dance was coming back mm-hmm. or not coming back the last yeah. dance was being moved up mm-hmm. because it originally was supposed to be like released way later but yeah. then because there's no content they were like oh we're pushing this forward mm-hmm. and immediately when that happened i was like oh we should definitely do the same con- the same series for for the documentary because it's like such an iconic period yeah. in nba history 
so i got to like own this project and like i worked with um the photo team to select the best images from a certain game and then i would call the photographer that shot that game and get Mm. their like backstory on like each image that's hella cool and i was like having so much fun doing it and then when the when the last stand started airing it was so amazing to watch it and photos are such a big part of the every episode essentially so we would just time it to like post right after or like the next day or Mm -hmm. to promote the next episode Mm -hmm. and it was so fun i think i I think that project was when i realized i really like interviewing people Mm -hmm. because it's just like uncovering these cool stories Mm -hmm. that like no one ever knows about Yeah, yeah you just like you're just getting to talk to people and sharing stories and then making it into something yeah i think like as much as i talk shit about social media like that's what <laughs> i love about it is because it's just connecting people yeah there are a lot of downsides to it but yeah after i had done that it just like a, a couple of combination of things with just like people on our team leaving and like me having so much taking on other other roles that mm-hmm. i just i had already done it like yeah. i i didn't want to do that anymore and i kind of didn't know if i had like job security there too of Mm -hmm. being able to stay on long term right so once i had just started thinking like okay i need to like come up with a contingency plan like what am i gonna do if it's not this then my boss who she became my boss Mm -hmm. at at gq had emailed me willa shout out willa (laughs) and had just told me like oh they like they have a role open the i guess the hiring freeze had stopped and then i had continued the conversations with her and then it went well i had already gone through the interview process so yeah it it was pretty quick and then yeah i decided it was time to move to gq yeah <laughs> <laughs> because of all of the opportunity it presented yeah i feel like when you're talking about how you like to like you started realizing you like to interview people I feel like you're doing that right now yeah at gq it's so cool to see like from an, even just an outside perspective so like i can't even imagine how it feels for you to be in that moment of like interviewing these people that you know may be important to you or like just people that you can meet and like learn more about yeah i feel really lucky to get to do it because i don't know i think it's 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 actually really cool to get to discover that you like doing something and then keep doing it yeah yeah there's a theme here it's like you're just i feel like since college you're like okay well i don't really know what the fuck i'm doing here but i'm just gonna explore my interests i'm gonna take it for what it is and then like learn from it right and then you got to experience working in the nba which you had no idea could be possible and then you learn from that that you like love to interview people and then you're like well i'm gonna take this opportunity with gq and now you're doing it so that's that's a big thing like you're really thank you i think what my theme is is like you're just very um you're always willing and like wanting to like expand that goes for your even your your like your poems your ability to write and to share that with the world you do that in different forms and i think it's beautiful Thank you. (laughs) That's very kind of you.
think it's easy to feel stuck mm-hmm. because because there were a lot of times i felt stuck at the nba or even in college mm-hmm. like i remember there's this one conversation i had with my sister in college that we always like reference and mm-hmm. joke around about because i remember like talking to her trying to get my first internship and i was like how do people get internships like all of these applications are asking for experience i don't have any experience mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she, my sister just said like you working at the sports talk show and stuff like that that's experience like stuff you're doing in class that's experience and so now that i'm so far away from that first experience of having an internship i we always laugh about it because we're just joking around being like remember when i was like how do you get an internship and now i'm like you know obviously doing all these things so yeah it's funny because i think we take for granted like our interests just like our general interests because it's just it maybe not mean any, it does maybe it doesn't mean anything in the moment mm-hmm. like you hear a song that you like and you're just it's just a song on mm-hmm. the surface but one of my favorite things to do is when i like watch a movie i really like or it's like even read an article and they reference something that i don't know about i like looking it up or just like watching a bunch of interviews of the person who made the thing mm-hmm because it's like this whole world of stuff that i don't that i don't know about yeah Yeah. something so minuscule like a song like what you're saying it's like there's so much like effort and production that goes into it that people like overlook and i'll go onto youtube and be like this song production or whatever and then like most of the time there's like a video of like the producer breaking down like the beat and the sample and like all that stuff and it's so beautiful to see all these parts put in together for this one beautiful thing, you know? And that's that's exactly, like, how our lives are. It's these parts and these experiences put together, and then the outcome is, like, you right now. Dude, it's so crazy you say that because I was just journaling the other day, and I was mm-hmm. talking about how I think when I moved to New York, my personality was all in pieces. Mm. And... I've been living in New York for like three years now and I feel like it put me together. Mm, Wow. That's so crazy. (laughs) I'm being serious. No, I'm I'm, I could pull up my journal and show you. (laughs) Wait. Wow. Yeah, I actually think I have this on my phone. Let me see. Yeah. I wanna I wanna hear it. (laughs) If if you wanna share. That's so crazy. Yeah, like, I feel like our life is just a bunch of pieces, and then, like, at some point, you'll feel like it's together, and then even at that point, like, afterwards, you might feel like it's in pieces again, but then there's moments where you'll feel it, like, all come together, and it's just that ongoing thing of, like, pieces and then whole and then pieces and then whole. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually crazy because I usually journal on in my notebook, mm-hmm. but I was writing this on the plane. Mm. <laughs> Look at that. It's. I'm gonna read it to you. Being rooted in a time and space is important to me. How can you build routine and community when your presence is pulled in a thousand directions? Three years ago, when I moved to New Jersey and then to New York, I lacked confidence and a sense of self. My personality existed in fragments, as I suspect many people in their early twenties feel. The more time I spent in the city, the more I began to accept parts of myself that I never gave air to. 
New York helped me breathe. Wow. <laughs> wow. I like how you said hidden fragments. Yeah, that's really how I feel. Yeah. That like that really spoke out to me when you were reading that because Yeah, I feel like your 20s is just like feeling like you have all these different per- not personalities but just like outlets, I guess in a sense. And then it's just so like vast that you don't really know how to put that all together and sometimes you kind of feel like yeah back and forth you know like do i stick with this one or do i stick with the other one it's like i have all these things what the fuck do i do with it you know yeah yeah i was i had that okay it's crazy because i had that struggle so badly when i was at the nba because i was trying to fit all my creativity into Mm -hmm. my work Mm -hmm. and i was like feeling i was like it's like shoving a square into a circle i was like like why is this so not fulfilling to me and it's because work is not meant to fulfill all those things yeah because i used to have this problem where i was like oh i need to choose something like i need to choose graphic design or video editing Mm -hmm. or any of the things Mm -hmm. because how am i supposed to be great if i'm not focusing on something right but I don't know when I really figured that out. It was probably through a bunch of different conversations with people, but there's actually a lot of benefit to doing a lot of different things. Yeah. Because it's like mixing your different interests together is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's sports and music, it's all one yeah. for you as a yeah. person. But the the harder that you try to compartmentalize yourself mm-hmm. and your interests then it doesn't work basically right. because then you're you feel guilty for like that's what i felt at least i felt guilty if i wasn't doing i wasn't being creative for work mm. because it's not productive or i'm not like advancing myself right but once i started exploring my creativity outside of my job mm. was when I really started feeling free. Wow. It's so crazy, though, because I was just thinking about this uh, pretty recently because someone had just asked me, like, simply, like, do you enjoy your job? And I'm like, yeah, I actually do. And it's weird for me to say that because um, I never, like, I was also the same way where I was thinking my job has to fulfill, like, my creativity and, like, what I like to do, like, in my personal interest, right? And I was like, if I don't get a job like that, then I'm just never going to love my job, you know? And I was thinking how, like, I'm super grateful to have this job that allows me to focus on that creativity side to do something for myself and, like, for the community or, like, whatever it is and keep it separate because they're different. It's different, right? Like, we talk about work-life balance a lot, and I think in a sense if i were to get a job where it was all of my interests in one i'd start to kind of hate it you know and i never realized that until this year at first when i got this job i was like okay this is really good like i finally got out of retail or whatever but it's still not fulfilling like what i want to do for music or like queers for soul or whatever but i'm realizing this is allowing me to give time to that and that's all I've been needing rather than putting it all together. That's beautiful. Damn. We just have the same thoughts. We do. 
It's because we're water signs. No, it's I'm water kidding. signs. No. <laughs> Mel's a Pisces. <laughs> wow, you're just going to expose me like yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you have a way of getting unstuck? I feel like in the past, maybe not so much as recently, but before that, there was like a year or two where I was just feeling really stuck. Is there something that like you do whether yeah like it's like searching up you know these interviews or whatever is there anything else that you do to help you get out of that one thing my therapist said to me that really helped me was that everything is temporary so i think where i used to be like oh this is my current situation i'm in and i don't really like what i'm doing i don't know how to get out of this I used to spend a lot of time there mm. and it took it, it took a while to get out of it mm-hmm. to identify another thing to do mm-hmm. to to try and yeah. explore. But once I started realizing that things are temporary and that I actually have a lot of control mm-hmm. over when I'm when I stay somewhere and when I go, that's when I realized that I'm actually never stuck. Like we're never stuck because at any moment you can make a decision to be not stuck yeah it's really a mindset to be stuck yeah you know i'm laughing is because um this is so this is so stupid but whenever if i'm hungover (laughs) i'll lay there and i'll be like lex you need to get the fuck up and get your life together and then like instantly i'm like okay i'm up i'm doing stuff around the house like i'm not just moping around and shit and I always think about that because I'm like, dude, this is really a choice for me to, like, decide to, like, waste my day or decide and, like, actually get shit done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I also feel that in terms of, like, emotionally, too, going through a lot of, like, motions of different types of feelings, at the end of it, I realize, oh, I decide, like, I don't want to be fucking sad no more. I don't want to be fucking angry anymore. I was also thinking about this in the shower the other day, how, like, the world just doesn't stop for you, and you decide to go with it. It's like having a tool belt, is how I would describe it, because you can do a thing. Like, you can be hungover, and you can lounge around all day. You can keep doing that thing. Yeah. And have the same result. Yeah. But then once you try something else outside of it, and you see something different, then you realize that there are, like, there's a whole world of choices that you can, Mm -hmm. that you can have at at your disposal like that's how i see exercise or how you spend your time essentially like Mm -hmm. if i feel stuck nowadays i just try to do one of the things i know that will that have helped me in the past so whether it's journaling or talking to a friend Mm -hmm. or going on a run Mm -hmm. watching video writing has been really helpful actually is yeah, actually, I would say that's the biggest thing I got from GQ is a deeper appreciation for words and writing. Mm. Because now when I write something and I read it back, like how I read you my what I journaled, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I fucking feel. Mm-hmm. I'm like validating myself, essentially. Yeah. It's like doing two things at once where I'm like unloading it from my brain and then I reread it and I'm like, yep, you're valid. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to question. Yeah. I really like how you frame that because I think sometimes when 
especially when I first started journaling, um, I never went back and reread it because it was one of those things where I was like, I just want to release and like forget about it, right? But it was pretty recently, like when I first moved in here, um, I was just going through all my journals and like reread it and just felt like a, yeah, it's like a sense of validation and like a lot of it at the time, like my first journal was in high school. So I was just like going through a lot of shit and reading it now, it's like, wow, you did go through a lot of shit and you're very valid to feel that way but you're also not alone in that sense like I realized that from journaling like I did have a lot of people behind me but at the time I felt like it was me versus the world you know and it gives you the sense of like clarity to thinking about where where you were at and like what you're feeling at that time and it puts you in like a different perspective I made choices and here I am yeah yeah my friend Lori recently told me that she'll reread her journals kind of pick out patterns and Mm. identify things that stick out to her and i tried it and it was really helpful actually Mm. yeah i want to yeah that's that's so wow (laughs) i'm like holy shit yeah (laughs) i know it really it unlocked some shit for me too wow that's um i want to say that's like a form of shadow work actually that's uh what shadow work shadow work is essentially um you revisit a lot of like it could be like past trauma or just experiences in general and you kind of learn like the root cause of like your trauma and you learn the shadow part of yourself where it's things that you've suppressed in your lifetime so Mm. the way that you react to something might be because you suppress this experience that you had so like for example if you are the type of person who doesn't speak up it might be because like your family told you not to ever speak up for yourself and you just suppress that feeling of like okay that's bad so i'm never gonna do that so it just like brings up a lot of you unpack a lot of trauma and you start to learn all parts of yourself rather than just learning like the bad side or just the positive side of you you learn yourself as a whole so when you like we're saying like you see patterns and stuff um it will bring up like when you see patterns in general it's like okay this is why i reacted this way probably because of this so how can i do this better and then you just see yourself as a whole damn i like that yeah it's it gets tough though because it's especially in the beginning you kind of just like you do so much unpacking you're like what the fuck do i even do with that but then throughout like you know time you're you're like more aware of what that trauma was so then you're like okay how do i do this differently so that the outcome is different and better in that sense yeah i really I really like that because like, when I reread my journals I just read it for what it is right and then get those feelings but I don't ever see it in a perspective of like oh this was a pattern so thanks for sharing that of course <laughs> shout out to Lori I love you <laughs> so something that we talked about um, we were on FaceTime one day and it was kind of like me feeling stuck, you know? We talked about creating framework. 
and what that means to us and like how you're able to create a framework just talking to you really helped me kind of realize yeah I have choices so I wanted to talk about the conversation that we had or that moment sticks to me a lot because one of the reasons why I like wanted to move out by myself was to keep myself accountable and we talked about that too like keeping each other accountable and like keeping yourself accountable because you have a lot of projects that you (laughs) dive into and I just want to know like I want to get into Mel's brain and be like how do you create poems and then also juggle like your job because it's a pretty hefty job that you have and then also find time to like play guitar and stuff you know like yeah i do remember the conversation mm-hmm. um i feel like a good way to talk about this would be to talk about my zine that i'm making right now yeah which first of all pauline told me that i should ask you this on air oh, on the sh- podcast but would you like to be a part of my zine oh my god yeah <laughs> i would be honored now amazing i wow. will give you more details okay i'm excited but <laughs> essentially i'm making a zine about creativity and friendship oh <laughs> so this seems perfect yeah wow i could cry right now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like Jadine's gonna be a part of it, and Aww. Tammy and Lex, or Tammy and Pauline are too. I'm still, yeah. I just want to be transparent and say, like, I'm still figuring out my own framework right yeah. now. But yeah. thanks um, for saying that too. <laughs> but with the zine, for example, obviously GQ is a magazine. <laughs> yeah, I think from before I started working there, I had no idea what editorial work was like Mm -hmm. or anything about how a magazine like that is made Mm -hmm. and one of the biggest takeaways i've had being on the inside is that it is just people at the end of the day being creative and Mm -hmm. being in a room and having ideas and making it happen it's not magic i mean it is magic it's magical what people can do but but it's not magic they're just people Mm -hmm. they're not any different than anybody else yeah yeah it's just that they're doing it and they have some money (laughs) (laughs) but that's where we differ (laughs) (laughs) um but i think when that was actually a big part in me realizing that i could do whatever i want to do i think i always had that mentality that i could do anything i wanted to do because my parents instilled that in me they always like supported anything i wanted to do whether it's like buying me a paint set or Mm -hmm. buying me a freaking flip camera Mm -hmm. to make some videos with but with that i used i think that's it's actually works because it's like i used to feel really stuck in like i had all these interests and i didn't know what to do with it yeah I because I thought like oh you have to put this into work Mm -hmm. I was like I have to do this in work and social media was really great because I did all the things in work like I I edited videos like I wrote captions all these different things Mm -hmm. but it wasn't ever enough Mm -hmm. because 
creativity is like so vast so when i started realizing that i had something to say basically i when i realized i had something i wanted to say Mm -hmm. and in in like the magazine world how a story gets made is like somebody pitches an idea to an editor and then gets greenlit yeah i had this question to myself this year of what happens when i green light my own ideas wow wow and what would that look like yeah and it started with my blog let's hold hands shout out, shout to, out to the blog Ho- yes. <laughs> shout out to let's hold hands guys if you want to fucking read some beautiful shit is it let's hold hands.com no no it's, it's like you it's like my name yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah if you just go to www.melissiang.com <laughs> it'll link out to the blog i don't actually know what the back is but um yeah i always wanted to start a blog so i did and that's actually part of the framework i'm trying to create now is like how do i write consistently like right now i just write when i feel so called to do it that i have to Mm -hmm. but with the zine i want something physical to hold and also make multimedia art that's not just digital Mm. i'm really excited to work on it Mm -hmm. if it wasn't nighttime i would probably work on it after this podcast but yeah it's mostly about having an idea Mm -hmm. and then sticking to it yeah making it happen however you can if it's with guitar for example i always wanted to learn how to play the guitar Mm -hmm. i just never did you could tell yourself you want to do things but if you don't do them i don't know if you really want to do them right say that (laughs) say it louder for the people in the back (laughs) so yeah it's just yeah i think the framework is really about for yourself like what works for you so i have to start work really early so i can't do things in the morning unless i wake up super super early but while i'm in california i'm trying to keep myself accountable by saying like every day i'll work on the zine Mm -hmm. for an hour yeah i mean I don't have a boss. I'm my own boss. So, like, if I don't work on it, I'll just know. Right. I like how you said that. Like, I'm my own boss. When you don't hold yourself to what you want to do, you just feel it in your body or you feel it in your head or whatever. And that's your... It's all up to you. Yeah. One thing that has helped me is that every single time I'm creating something... I feel so good doing it Mm -hmm. so then it's like why would I not want to feel good right yeah no (laughs) seriously if you associate that it's like oh wow yeah I should just definitely take time to do this because it it makes me feel alive and you like make time for the important things you know so it's important to you you gotta make that time gotta prioritize prioritize priorities (laughs) um I put on my phone because I actually remember mid-conversation that i wrote some things down when we were talking about it and we started what's kind of cool is how we talked about it's all about the in-between do you remember that and so we were saying how like the big moments are these points in our life and all the little things make the big things and we were just talking about how we as ourselves feel like we're in pieces yeah at some point feel whole and those little things are like little snapshots of your life that become this bigger picture 
and we we talked about that because we were talking about like the instant gratification that we have nowadays because of social media whatever it is that we forget about like the actual important things behind it that created this beautiful thing and just to like tie it all back together it's the whole thing about prioritizing keeping yourself accountable to create whatever it is like your blog or your zine because we always want like the end the end thing without putting the work in it it's like that it's like kim kardashian no one ever wants to work <laughs> get your fucking ass up and work no <laughs> no it's really funny you say that because i recently listened to another podcast it's like a buddhism podcast and mm-hmm. it was talking about how the goal is the journey and you know how kobe has that one quote where it's like you have to enjoy the process or yeah, something yeah. like that yeah it's just like that same quote but in a different lens of yeah. thinking of the goal the journey your goal is actually the journey mm-hmm. because it's, actually it's not wrong to have goals to be like oh i want to start a cha- youtube channel or whatever you know mm-hmm. like those are good things to have but if you keep always just have goals yeah if you just if you just are looking towards that goal like i'm gonna start that youtube channel and then i'm gonna be happy it's not actually it yeah it's like that's the biggest thing actually that i got from from working at the nba aside from like people i met was like realizing that that dream is actually not the dream like that thing that golden thing that thing that you feel like you can actually like reach or like whatever is not the actual thing is that what you're saying yeah like that end point that you think is the end point Mm -hmm. it's not the end point because then you're gonna be like oh i want this other thing right and then you're just gonna keep wanting exactly it's the in-between thing where it's like actually what the magic is in the in-between in between the points yeah of figuring out how to get there right and the people you meet and how you explore yourself honestly to get to that other point right because yeah we can get so caught up in like oh i want to i want to write a movie mm-hmm. i want to write a script mm-hmm. but it's actually about figuring out how to do that and then right. doing it since we're like talking about sports anyways like i think about how <laughs> you know like so, yeah like you're just talking about kobe right he always emphasizes on every documentary that you watch talks about him waking up at like four in the morning or three in the morning getting up to like work out and like putting him in the best shape to win the fucking finals or the championship and i think it translates over to like just even art as well you know just getting up and doing it even if you've never done it before just like exploring that for yourself and we always forget about the in-between because only the people see the angle and it's overlooked just like how like with movies no one sees the production behind it all the background all the the equipment that goes into it just to get this one noise or same thing with music right like just to get this this grand sound or whatever and we overlook that into ourselves as human beings also with like creativity and all that like we we take that shit for granted i feel like yeah definitely because it's like you think that the goal is going to be a silver bullet mm-hmm. it's going to be and everything for you mm-hmm. like you're going to get happiness or something when you get there mm-hmm. 
But it's never the case. Right. This season specifically, I was like, something that I realized in my life that helps me get out of like feeling stuck or like just being in certain moods is like my friends and like my community. And that's what I wanted to really highlight with this season because I think at the age of 25, it's just like you're navigating a lot of things. But one of the things that I realized that helped me throughout my whole entire life is like the chosen family I've had or my friends or just like people that are in my day-to-day life like my barber or something you know and not a lot of people would be like oh my barber's a very important person in my life but they actually changed my life and then like even with you like I just met you a year ago and I think you have you and I have had conversations where it's really got me thinking and like made me realize like I lack a lot of self-discipline and just having those conversations with you and like seeing what you do just because you enjoy that feeling of it and like I can see it when you like when you posted your blog or talking about your zine or even playing guitar like just bring it everywhere like I see that joy in it and it's like I miss that feeling and Mel has that feeling right now you know (laughs) damn you know, I was, like, trying to figure out how to create my own framework for discipline recently. Mm-hmm. And then I think I was listening to some interview where the person was talking about, instead of thinking of it as discipline, because discipline has this connotation of, like, hardness. Were you... Was it a podcast? I think so. Was it Raina Biddy? No. I don't know. Who oh. was that? Um, she's a poet. She's also, she was on Kehlani's album, Sweet Sexy Savage, the first track. Yeah. Um, Her and her cousin have a podcast called Unpack and Bounce Back. And they started talking about discipline and how it's such a negative connotation. They hate talking about it. The other person is Justine Justine Skye. It wasn't from that, Mm -hmm. but it's probably the same, very similar in the sense that like the person was talking about thinking of it as a practice instead of a discipline Mm. i can't remember so i can't cite my sources but (laughs) i really like that because i thought of myself as lacking discipline or i i do think of myself as lacking discipline because i tend to just float towards whatever i'm most interested in Mm. so sometimes i leave a lot of projects just by the wayside because i lose steam in it but i'm always curious as to what I could accomplish if I had more discipline. Right. But if when I think about it as a practice, it's like almost it's more joyful to think of it as a practice. Mm-hmm. Because it's like basketball practice in high school or something. Right. Where you just like had so much fun going to every going it going to it every day and seeing your friends. Right. And it's like a collaboration almost. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's why I'm like that's why I, I feel like for a long I've been working on this zine for a while and I, I got kind of stuck too like how you're saying you're stuck with your podcast and then when I when I got inspired to collaborate with my friends on it yeah that's when I was like oh I really this is the number one thing right. that I want to do like I want to prioritize this right, right 
in the podcast that I was talking about, they talk about how the word discipline for them and like for a lot of folks, uh, it like correlates to your childhood. Like, you know, when you're a bad kid, you get disciplined. And I was like, wow, like, yeah, because I like every time I hear the word discipline, I'm like, oh, shit, like, you know, but seeing it as a practice is a very kind of changes your mind to think of it in a different way and to to help register it correctly because I think for me discipline sounds like a scary word and it's like I don't want to be disciplined you know it's more tough right right whereas practice is more gentle in my mind at least yeah tough and gentle yeah those are good words to use yeah I feel the same way with like how you're saying you think back about the projects that you kind of just left like what if what if I did just like lock myself in the room and like just fucking do it you know but I think what also that I took out of it is how it created a lot of different avenues of things that I didn't even think I would ever enjoy or like get into and it kind of just goes back to exactly what you're saying in the beginning you know just a path correction yeah because when I was first um like making YouTube videos um I'd spend hours in the fucking room just learning a song, like a three-minute song, you know? And then recording a video that took hours to, like, sometimes three, four hours just to make a four-minute video. But I never saw it that way. Like, for during those times, it was just like, I really want to do this because I, I enjoy doing this. And I miss that. Like, I miss being able to just, like, focus on one thing for so many hours and, like, not care about anything else in this world. And I think about that a lot, and I, whenever I pick something up again, I do feel a snippet of that. Sewing, for example, just last year, this time was when I got into it, and then I stopped. Once I did it again, I just, I felt that joy again of being like, this is something I enjoy doing. It's, it puts me in this space of feeling calm and i feel like that's how you feel when you're writing too and it shows in your in your work by the way (laughs) stop you're making me blush (laughs) no i really relate to that idea of picking something up and putting it down and sometimes we can be hard on ourselves because it's like why am i not doing this thing that i really like doing but my therapist told me that Again, we have a lot of choices. Like you can choose when you want to stop something and start it back up. Yeah. And there's no there's no harm in it basically. Mm-hmm. Like I started learning piano sometime this year and then it was just hard to keep up with it with my schedule. Right. So I kind of stopped and I was more I gravitated more towards the guitar. Mm-hmm. But I can always pick it back up. Yeah. I, I didn't lose it essentially the progress that I made right. learning the keys. And I can start it back up anytime. And I think if you think about all your interests like that, it's more free. Like, you're more free to just explore. I think for a long time, I really want... So, I really wanted to be a musician. (laughs) You are a musician. Thank you. (laughs) And I want... Cue the clip of you singing. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I wanted that to be... Like, I wanted to be a singer. Like, all this stuff. And... I remember in college I felt so lost because I was like that's what I've always wanted for myself and here I am in community college just taking G's right 
and I think for years I like kind of beat myself up for that because I started to feel very um discouraged so backstory like just a really quick backstory in high school freshman year I used to make videos with this guy named Brian Shin and we got invited to a charity event by the people who produced Mistletoe by Justin Bieber (laughs) this has never came out of the light um and they like when we flew out to LA we performed for them and then they brought us back to the studio and they're like we want to make a demo for you and we came back home worked together like really hard and like sent in a demo and then it was just like ghosted and I was a freshman in high school like this was the time where I was like oh dude like, I could see this for my future right um never heard back from them so it was just kind of like discouraging but I kept like posting videos and stuff and then like I would perform for like charity events in like our high schools and stuff <laughs> so fucking cool <laughs> like what um and so i started like it started picking up again with like me thinking like this could actually happen and then i stopped um like maybe second year of college because i was i moved out and i picked up a retail full-time job and was like i can't like I'm just too tired to do this. I just don't know if this is even right for me or in that sense. And since then, like maybe up to like a year and a half ago, I was like beating myself up for it because I was just like, what if I just stuck it out, you know, all throughout those years. But in a sense, like I'm actually really grateful that I stopped because it was getting to that point of like ha- not hating it, but just being like, I'm not enjoying it the way that I did before. So yeah i think it's important to stop things when you don't like them anymore when you don't yeah. ah that's not a good way to say it when you don't enjoy yeah when it loses its joy yeah i think there are times when you need to push through but with something as precious as your music or mm-hmm. art just like art in general yeah i don't think you want to hate it right because that one thing gave you joy and now it's getting to a point where you don't even feel that way anymore th- that's now not something that you like i feel like that just turns into work (laughs) honestly you're not doing it out of the like like the intention of like this is what makes me happy i'm producing something out of this because this is the joy that i got from it whereas like if you do stick it out and then now it's just not really fun to you anymore it's it's like a half-assed thing you know yeah two things i, I want to add for, to that is just like that's what i experienced at the nba basically mm. because i love basketball so much and then it became my work right and then i just lost the pure joy that i had for basketball mm-hmm. and having that experience where i stepped away from it and then now i get to i get to experience it on my own terms basically yeah of like playing it or watching it whenever i want yeah it's shown me how it can be really bad to make your passions your work yeah i like how you said that you get to experience it on your own terms because i think one of the things too with um sewing which is really interesting i just blast music in my house and i'll like go through old music and just things that like bring me joy in the way that i would when i would like sit there for hours to like play something you know learn something 
and it really brought me back to like that moment of sitting in my room for hours doing this one thing to produce something so small but also so big in my heart because that's I think that's the different thing too it's like the joy of the work behind it regardless of how small it is or how big it is it's like the end goal once you know like once you see your end goal and you're just so proud of it because of all that work you put in that's when you know that's like pure ass joy right there and it's that's really your passion and like your love for whatever it is that you're creating yeah did i ever tell you about this book i read called flow no it's an old book and it's about how it's about what the flow state is have you heard of the flow state Sounds like familiar, like but. you know how they talk about in sports like when someone's in the zone like when Steph yeah. Curry's in the zone or something yeah. it's like similar to that where oh, okay. where it's so essentially the book is about what the flow state is and how you get there and there's like a chart that kind of really clearly explains what it is and mm-hmm. it's where like the challenge of an activity meets your skill level so there's like this oh. channel where it's like so you with sewing for example it's like you're you're novice at the at the beginning of the chart right and it's like you're starting with sewing a straight line you know and you can do that (laughs) but then when it becomes like too hard and your skill is not there yet you feel really discouraged you're not like in that optimal channel but it's they talk about how music or like sports piano specifically and these different things are these optimal activities for the flow state because you can progress in this like really nice way where it will challenge you and then you have the skill to keep going yeah i think that's why people like exercise like guys get really into like lifting and things (laughs) like that because there's a progression you Mm -hmm. can go from there um but that's why i that's what i want to do in the future is like what my like community space or whatever is like create a um an environment where kids can find their flow oh well (laughs) i love that (laughs) because it's it's very special i think to find an activity where you get that experience of being really new and green Mm -hmm. and being very interested in it and then see yourself getting better yeah that's how i felt with the guitar Mm -hmm. and there were some points where i was like outside of the channel where i was like my fingers hurt and i can't fucking strum for shit (laughs) (laughs) but then once i got there where my goal was to just be able to play a song and sing at the same time Mm -hmm. and the first time (laughs) thank you thank you yeah when i got that i was like whoa this feels amazing and i and this relates to all that we've been talking about with work because i think we're trained as kids to think like what am i good at that i'm going to turn into work yes and there's not a lot of don't like that (laughs) sorry (laughs) we can tell by the disdain in your voice (laughs) there's a lot of pressure on that because then you're you're thinking about how do i get good grades to get into a good school to get a good job but there's no room for kids to just explore explore yeah themselves and their expression mm-hmm. like i think back to writing and i hated writing mm-hmm. which is so interesting that i love it now but i hated it i despised it so much i never wanted to share anything i wrote in school with anybody because i was so like nervous and embarrassed and thought i was really bad at it but i think if kids 
knew how fun it could be in terms of expressing themselves yeah it'd be a whole different ball game yeah i totally agree with that statement because you know how they do um like lyric workshops or something so i took music classes in uh community college and there's actually a class for music like for lyrical writing and i never took it but i did sit into two classes just to see how it was and one of the things that they said was that even though there is like some formula when it comes to lyrical writing everything comes from just like a single word or thought and before i like would think that it's so structured that i hated thinking structurally about lyrics you know but that's why i love breakdown like if you go on youtube and like look at like song breakdowns you just see the like thought process through the entire writing like some of it may not make sense but then at the end of the day like all the pieces come together and it just works but in school we're taught structured writing right and so i think that like strays away a lot of people or for me it did yeah because people don't write like that no this is kind of jumping backwards a bit but the whole like idea of the journey being the goal that podcast was also talking about how we tend to not do things just to do them like for example you wash the dishes so that you can have some clean dishes so you could do so you could eat so that you could go to work and right. you can meet your friend after work you there's like all these other thousands of steps that you're thinking about right. instead of thinking of doing the thing just to do the thing so when it's like i'm learning how to play a song there's no other purpose than for me to other to than just to learn, just learn yeah. the song yeah but because we're trained to be thinking of the outcome and where it leads us and things like that we're always thinking about what am i how does this serve me in the yeah. future Mm-hmm. and therefore taking you out of where you actually are in the present and then you're not as enjoying what you're doing right because you're like mine is thinking like 10 steps ahead exactly and you're not even in the moment at all yeah it'd be if it'd be if i was like yeah i'm making the zine so that i could sell the zine and i can make fucking 500 dollars off of it right. so that blah 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 blah. like thinking about all these different things Mm -hmm. off of it other than like no i'm just like i just want to make this zine with my friends to have that experience and to share this zine yeah and that makes it a lot more pleasant than to think like what's the purpose of me doing this you don't see it a lot of the times until you look back like look back and be like why did i i didn't have that much of an enjoyable time working at the clippers if i'm being honest Mm -hmm because it's really difficult like i it's a lot of pressure to like tweet to millions of people right right <laughs> the whole but world is watching you <laughs> it, i would have never gone to experience half the things i've gone to experience without it so if anything looking back that's the one thing that i kind of regret or not even regret but like i wish i w- i'm like course correcting on it now is you can be so anxious doing things because you're you don't know why you're doing them and you don't really enjoy it and then you forget to appreciate the moments that you actually Mm. do enjoy and i'm trying to work on that like i'm trying to work on just being present with the experience i'm in because it's temporary like my therapist said yes 
it's all temporary so if you're always focusing on what you don't like about things or how you wish it were somewhere else you forget to actually experience the thing for what it is right mic dropped (laughs) (laughs) no yeah that's something that i definitely feel like i need to work on as well just being present in the moment and not having to worry about i think for me it's like always worrying about my future I forget to enjoy like what I have in front of me and then I'd look back and I'm like damn I should have just lived in that moment and that's a word too (laughs) it's true it's hard it's difficult though but yeah we're trying I think (laughs) we're trying our best that's the that's the most important thing yeah I think we're going to listen to this podcast down the line and laugh. Oh, yeah. So what were we tripping about? Hey, hey, let's talk about the distractions going on elsewhere. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, hypothetically, if... You did have discipline. <laughs> okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Hypothetically, if you, you know. No, you can frame it that way. Yeah. I, I, I'll reframe it because that was kind of mean the way I said it. That's okay. I didn't take it that way at all. I really didn't. Hypothetically, if you had the discipline to do this thing that I'm going to ask you about what would that thing be like what would it look like for example if i asked myself that question let's say five years what would i be accomplishing if i had this discipline this so-called discipline that we're looking for i'd say i'd want to have hosted some type of community event in the bay area it's like basketball related and my blog would be still thriving and I've made a short film. Wow. So what's your answer? Wow. Um, mine's very... It's kind of similar to yours, I'd say. I think, um, for sure, hosting a community event in the Bay Area for queer folks. Um, whether that be, like, just a social event or basketball event. We could collaborate on that. We're collaborating. We already, we already made this a thing. No. Um, and then I would hope that the physical space for Queers for the Soul could be something, um, whether that's small or big. Have experiences to keep continuing my podcast and sharing with everyone and meeting other people in the community to share their stories too and their experiences. Damn. Well, that's obviously going to happen. So. <laughs> Yours is obviously going to happen because the film is going to happen, like, soon. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, like, we, me and Mel share very similar goals, I would say. Yeah, goals um, for not only just ourselves, but, like, for community in that sense of the Bay Area, like, Mel grew up in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved here 
12, almost 13 years ago. And so I would say that's more than half of my life now. So I would say that this is home. Because <laughs> before, dude, everyone would ask me, like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, am I from SoCal or from the Bay? <laughs> <laughs> but I think we value a lot of the same things, too. And that community being one of the most important things. Sharing experiences in art. Yeah, can I say something off that? Yeah. I think because we live in America, it's such an individual... Individualism. Yeah, it's just like such an individual... It's all about like the individual and like, you know, what a Mm -hmm. nuclear family looks like and things like that. But it's like, I think like at certain points, I was very selfish with my creativity. Mm. Up until recently, like, because it was always such a individual act for me right that yeah that's a big reason why i'm excited about this doing this zine Mm -hmm. is because yeah we get so caught up in doing things by ourselves and achieving by ourselves because often it's easier that's how society's set up to like you know you get a job you do the job and you keep ascending and things like that but it's really i've seen it in in and out of work like you said like hanging out with your friends Mm -hmm. has been such a big support thing for you mm-hmm. and for me too when you realize that you so there's so much more power in sharing your experiences with other people and being vulnerable with other people uh, creating with other people it's like unlocking a whole another fucking yeah. world i was just gonna say unlock so many levels yeah yeah it's yeah. like you're fucking in 2d before and then like yeah <laughs> 3d I feel like when you are able to share with, like, other groups of people, um, whether that's, like, similar or not similar experiences, you just expand your yourself. Whereas, you know, if you stick to yourself, you only know so much. There's nothing that compares to connecting with someone with different experiences or shared experiences because not only would you feel, like, valid and, like, seen or like it just gives you a wider perspective on life your art other people's art other forms of art you know and I was also like that for a really long time too like I felt like I needed to do a lot of things just by myself when I started thinking about like what I wanted for this podcast I was like I don't know this experience as much as like mel or tammy i would want them to share their experiences because it's more i feel like it's more meaningful to come from someone who's lived that and and wants to share that experience and that experience could just be who they are (laughs) something that i realized especially during the pandemic i have so many people in my life who have different talents and different outlets whether that's art whether that's like in the healthcare field whether that's like in the tech field or whatever it is like there's so many mixes of different people in my life that like if everyone just heard their like snippet of who they are i'd i'd be happy (laughs) yeah it's like you're collecting you're like collecting their stories essentially oh wow i think ocean vuong said in like in one of his interviews about how to survive is like you have to be creative to survive Mm -hmm. and when he started thinking about his like mom and aunts and stuff like that in that way Mm. 
because you don't think about immigrants as like creative but after i listened to that this interview that he did i started realizing how creative my parents were and are Mm-hmm. They just didn't have the time or space to do it. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like it's my duty to be creative. Mm. I like that. You know, it's crazy that you say that because I I feel like a lot of the times um, when we think about like immigrant parents, right? We think about the sacrifice and they did sacrifice a bunch. And they think about all the hard work that they put in. And so for whatever reason, we don't think creativity as one of those things. And like you bring up like, your parents being creative like i think about my grand my grandparents like my grandpa was a vietnamese opera singer and my grandma used to do like she was a makeup artist and for whatever reason my family like my aunt's a fucking like she works in sales and biotech and it's like oh we have to be like this nurse or sales biotech person or whatever but we don't think about like the creativity side of it and for you to say like i think it's my duty to be create creative for them i think about my grandpa because he was the one that put me in my grandparents put me and my brother in music and we did that since we were like four it's crazy it's like i some chills yeah <laughs> i got chills when you said like that's my duty to be creative for them and they didn't have the time and space for it yeah like when i learned how to play guitar that's when i found out my dad knew how to play guitar i never knew that my whole entire life wow yeah that's crazy yeah i had i had i have a guitar at home and i just never played it or i never learned how to play it and Mm -hmm. then when i bought one during the pandemic in new york i started sending him videos and stuff Mm -hmm. and then he started playing it the one that i had at home oh I was like, bro, I didn't know you knew how to play the guitar. Like, what's going on in here? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just, yeah, it's crazy to me. And I, it's, it's nice seeing my parents now because they're both retired and they, whenever I come home and play the guitar, I see my dad playing it more. Mm -hmm. And my mom's always been very, very creative, but she's like an engineer. So she was always just doing, I always thought of her as an engineer. Right. It wasn't until this ocean interview that I started seeing her whole, more of her whole self. Yeah. Like she knows how to sew and she knows how to speak all these languages and wow. she knows how to cook and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to help her right now, actually, like write and stuff more and do like make videos and whatnot. She's really excited about it. Aww. Yeah, because she she has so many things that she wants to talk about. Mm-hmm but i think the language thing is hard for her yeah so i'm trying to like give her my off offer my services to her to like (laughs) you know when she wants to write about her hiking or whatever or things like that or like drinks and stuff that she makes for Mm -hmm. herself just so simple yeah which is beautiful i love that like you're coming back home like i think of it in a perspective of your parents like taught you things growing up and now that you're doing stuff for yourself and you're at this age you're like returning that favor not necessarily a favor but you're returning that same thing that they gave to you as a kid and now it's like the student becomes a teacher and the teacher becomes a student type of thing you know
the cool thing that um so me and mel had a very short conversation about just like discipline in a sense um and mel started a a shared note on our phones and like we just kind of listed like what we needed to do and you really do help me with the discipline thing and like keeping myself accountable so i want to thank you for that (laughs) i want to thank you for having me on the podcast yeah and being my friend it's crazy because like ever since we started hanging out even with tammy too yeah there's just certain friends where you feel like you don't have to explain yourself yeah i was just thinking about this (laughs) you just get it right and even if like you don't get it too i think we were joking like safe space but actually like it's a really (laughs) safe space it's the safest of spaces like it's it's one of those things where it's like you just understand it and it even if you don't right it's like we're just there to to provide space for you i think we just truly support each other it's just so crazy to me to think like we just became friends this year like me you and tammy right together i'm so jealous (laughs) i'm so jealous that you guys live here (laughs) next to each other you're always welcomed here so you technically live here too at all of our houses i know well i don't know if i even told you this but i think there's a reason why you're in new york and there's a reason why you haven't moved back and i think you're there you're there to fulfill something and once you do that i think you're gonna know and then that's when you decide if you want to come back home yeah i think i think you do know when things are time right people always say that and you're like well how do you know how do you know and it's like when you know you know yeah there's nothing there's no way you can lay it out for someone so yeah and this gives you guys time to visit me right in march in march and it's perfect because um we'll have you out there i because my whole thing is like traveling and like just living in someone's life during that time yeah one thing that i really love about new york is well there's many things but one of the biggest things is how people there are just doing the thing whatever the thing is for them mm-hmm. they're just going after it yeah there's a lot of energy i would say yeah i could see that for sure i think if there was a place to move to and it's not here i'd definitely consider new york for sure you should come <laughs> the way that just looked at me <laughs> We'll indoctrinate you. I just want to say how inspirational you are. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Mel. That that means a lot to me. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you're the fucking coolest. Oh, dude, shut up. All right. <laughs> I'm being serious. I no. I just don't know how to take fucking compliments. I think we like look up to like, all these celebrities and stuff, but yeah, you were like taught to like idolize these people, right? That you don't even know, right? What is cool is the fact that like I, when I like think about you or like when we talk, like you make me feel same like inspirational. We're friends. You know what I mean? Like, you're not a celebrity or anything. Like, you're a person that I actually know. And I think a lot of people just see celebrities as, like, 
people that they like aspire to be or like idolize or whatever it is that they don't really or i'm not going to speak for everyone but i feel like people should start seeing that in the people that they do know yeah one of the things i've been thinking about in work is whose stories get told if someone's story doesn't get told is it any less important than somebody's whose does right and who's telling these stories so it's like when i said you're collecting these stories you are yeah because i actually never talked about this publicly Mm. like my journey yeah i do get some people reaching out to me sometimes asking me to you know chat and i will when i have time right i always wanted to talk about it uh but i just didn't have the forum or i didn't know how i wanted to say it so this is like better that i had a framework for it yeah and then well i'm honored yeah anyway so this is going from there it's just like where i wanted to say from that is that you're doing important work oh thank you mel i really love that i am able to capture stories and it's like people in my everyday life i think it's also important to see it from both perspectives of like someone who's famous and then someone who's just living their life as just a person in this world working a job but still holding themselves accountable for their creativity and how they want to share their work with the world and when you're saying like is it less important because their stories aren't told that's what i like thought too like i feel like everyone deserves to hear everybody's story and if i can do that for my friends because i think they're so cool and i think their journey is so unique because everyone's journey is very unique i think people will start to realize like not like romanticize just like a celebrity you know and start romanticizing like their life and seeing like oh i can actually do the same shit as this person hundred thousand (laughs) percent i just want to say thank you for joining me in this episode and sharing your story for everyone is there anything you would just like to share with the world all right i want to share my dad's words actually i just came back from a trip to miami for work and before i left i was like in the kitchen with my dad and i was joking with him i told him don't miss me too much when i'm gone you know on this trip and he just it was in the morning when he just woke up he just let out a little laugh a little chuckle and he's like when you miss someone it's never too much and i turned into the freaking puppy emoji it's like dad what you just woke up like 9 a.m we're just waxing poetry like that (laughs) I had my whole, so many things flash through my whole mind, but actually that's what my next blog is going to be, is based off that quote, because it's true, when you miss someone, it's never too much, it's just enough. Wow. I see where you got the the poetry side from. (laughs) I love that. That is, um, wow. Wow. I had to sit with that for a second. When you miss someone, it's never too much. Did you? It's never too much. Never too much. Just leave you with that. Well, okay. <laughs> Isn't that crazy though? Dude, that is wild. At nine in the morning, it just drops that on you. Yeah, I was like, "What, Dad? What?" And he's like, <laughs> he's "Yeah." Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Mel. Thanks for having me, and thanks for listening.